In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Hello, viewers, and welcome again to Older Women Likewise. And so this entire month, we are dedicating to the topic of pain. We'll be talking about all kinds of pain. Um, and we know that you're familiar with all kinds of pain because you're human and we all have experienced every kind of pain. And so it's a deep talk topic, very, very useful. And I hope that this will be a blessing to you as you struggle with this reality of being human. And so before we dig in deep, we want to say hello, hello, hello to Isla King. How are you? I'm doing fine. Doing really good. Back up feeling good and productive good. and purposeful again. You're looking good. Thank you. And how are you doing, Heather? Doing well. So our house is down with a little bug, but oh. um, we are pressing on. So uh, <laughs> what is it? It says in just uh, judges. Um, okay. they're, they're, we're uh, exhausted, but in pursuit. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And a lot of people watching can relate to exhaustion. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so there may be people listening to this program, like this may be the first older women likewise that they're listening to because we're all trying to figure out how to best deal with the most painful things that come into our lives. So First off, we kind of want to talk about what God says on this. He is the creator of the world. He's a good God. He allows for pain. And so why? Why? What does he tell us about that? Why must pain exist? So Heather, you want to start us off here and, and give us a few thoughts on that? Sure. So when I was discussing this with my husband, we were talking about when we were cast out of Eden. We were cast into a world that was hostile towards us, right? Specifically, they mentioned yeah. the pain that's going to be increased in childbearing and thorns. But Lawrence made the comment. He said, well, it's not as though Adam's physical body was changed when he was cast out. He had those pain receptors mm -hmm. already there for a purpose. And so that kind of led us into this discussion about pain existing partly because of sin and consequences, mm -hmm. partly because we're now in a world that's hostile towards us, but mm -hmm. partly for our benefit. So mm -hmm. I read this whole article uh, on congenital insensitivity to pain. Oh, that's born, they can't feel pain. But yeah. that's, that pain actually acts as a warning system for our body. Mm -hmm. So um, I just thought that was curious. I think at first yeah. when this topic was approached, 
I thought it was all going to be about, well, it's just the consequence of sin. Mm. There are some benefits to that, that God's kind of baked into us. So those are some of my initial thoughts on why it needs to exist. Yeah. Yeah. For atheists, there's not really a good answer for this. Like pain has no real ultimate purpose, but you're right. For the believer, we can use our pain, like Romans 5 talks about, to grow virtues like patience. We can use it to bond us with one another, to grow love between us. Like we find a lot of purpose in our pain if we look for it. Um, It helps us to better relate to other people and sympathize with them, right? It helps us, really pain helps to bring clarity into what is most important in life. You know, like what's a priority, Um, And it also for believers, it increases the desire for us to go to heaven where there's no more pain. So those are some thoughts. Any other thoughts, Isla, that you had on why must pain exist? Well, and and that's a it's it's interesting that you brought up that it makes us want to go to heaven. Because um, as I get older, not much, but a little bit as I get a little older. Then and there's more pains involved in, in as you as you age because the body is wearing out. It's a wonderful reminder for me that you know when I have aches and pains that I didn't when I was younger. That it's a wonderful reminder to me that heaven is coming. It's soon. Yes. Rest that God has promised will come, and then I won't have this pain that I had if I had a, a, a an existence of being a body that was young and pain-free, it wouldn't be so attractive, you know, to go somewhere I don't know, you know, but, but as I get older and then that pain uh, it helps me to feel more like a stranger here in this world. Yeah. Um, it's also pain is a wonderful teacher. Uh, And we, you know, when you touch uh, something that's hot, you learn real quick, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, you, it's not the best teacher. Love is the best teacher, but it's a, it's a powerful teacher. Yeah. Good point. So some of the verses um, I'd like to share on why God says pain exists. And if you guys have some thoughts, uh, whether our listeners or Heather or Isla, if you have any responses to these scriptures, uh, let me know. But the first one that's just so, so clear, if you're asking God, why, why does pain exist? Psalm 119.71 says, it was good for me that I was afflicted. This is David writing from inspiration. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I may learn your statutes. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely a learning that happens because we're afflicted. If we will allow, because it could also grow in us bitterness. We can start accusing God of not being good. We can start blaming other people for, and sometimes there are other people that are to blame, you know, child abuse and things like that. But it's an opportunity. No matter where the source is, pain is an opportunity to learn something. And it's up to us to figure out what can I learn from this? That's a Um, a really good point. And uh, Kaylee Mitchell has a a Mm -hmm. comment. Pain is also a good motivation tool. 
And I think that's yeah. really important uh, as well that, um, yes. you know, we, we use that. Uh, Peggy Coward says, if we didn't feel pain, it would be devastating for us. Uh, as we talked about, as Heather was saying, that we need that pain in a physical sense, not only physical, but emotional pain. Only when we have pain or only with pain, do we know how it feels without pain and ways to stop the pain. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those are really good points. And one other um, pain taught me a lot of tough lessons. Man, you know, those are really Man, I can relate to that. Yes, mm -hmm. all of that for sure. It's interesting um, that in Hebrews 5, 8, that's where it says, although he was a son talking about Jesus, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. So how much more we and all of our incredible limited knowledge uh, are we given the opportunity to use our suffering to learn obedience? So I guess we need to just all determine not to waste those opportunities, you know, and to use every single time there's pain, like, okay, what can I learn? What can I learn? How can I use this? Um, Hebrews 3.12 says, for whom the Lord loves, he, repro he reproves, even as a father corrects the son whom he delights. So there we learn that we must never take it as any as something from God that's showing that why doesn't he love me? Doesn't God, if God loved me, he wouldn't let this painful thing happen to me. And yet here it says it's just the opposite. Um, it's because he, just like because you love your children, you do the things that they are not happy about tonight or today, or, you know, I mean, discipline, um, even taking them to the doctor and that kind of things and the things that can happen at the doctor immunization or whatever, you know, that does not feel like love, but we do what is best for our children. just like God does for us. There's really no hero in the Bible that didn't suffer. Obviously Abraham, Joseph, Moses, um, every hero of faith in the Bible endured painful experiences. So it's like no wonder that we're told not to be surprised when it's our turn, you know, when it's time in our life to learn a hard lesson. And so 1 Peter 4, 12 encourages us not to be surprised um, when pain comes our way, when suffering comes our way. Any other thoughts, ladies, that you have before we uh, move on to the next question? Well, uh, this Lori, may segue. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, we had a comment. Lori Woodall said, "Sometimes I go through pain to be able to help others go through mm -hmm. their." And that's mm -hmm. really good. Um, Megan McDonald shared what a good reminder that the heroes of faith suffered, uh, that they had pain as well. So, they did. Heather. Well, this may go into your next question, Cindy. So I don't okay. want to step on your toes, but. I was just thinking that pain has to exist because we're free will creatures. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't have the choice to choose love, then we also wouldn't have the choice to suffer pain, right? They, they really are right. both sides of one coin. So sometimes that idea of saying, well, I don't like that pain exists. Well, yeah, but the flip side of that is if you don't have any choice for free will or mm -hmm. love so that you feel loss, then what's mm -hmm. the other side of that? You also don't get to love. And who wants to live mm -hmm. a life 
with no love. That would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. We talked, uh, as we were texting earlier in the week, you were talking about a book you were reading that kind of pointed out that same thing. Um, the hiding place. Is that right? Where so often love is the source of our pain and think about it with God too. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Love and pain are often connected like that. I can tell you the most pain and I've been through, we could have spent like a whole thing of like, let's just tell our pain stories. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But I can tell you that the most painful things that I've experienced are related to love that you love this person who is self-destructing. That hurts more. I could tell you about all kinds of motorcycle crashes and <laughs> all kinds of physical pain and a lot of loss, but the hardest thing is it's because of love, you know? And so in a way that's, that's like communing with God though. If the same things that pain God's heart, which is love, you know, love for those who are self-destructing, that's a way of communing with God that you are also pained by the thing that pains him. And so it's a sharing in the suffering of Christ when your heart is breaking over someone's self-destruction. Yeah. So All right. Another one of our viewers said, uh, serious pain taught me to empty my will completely and totally lean on God's will. And, and that's a, a benefit, a good thing for us from pain, you know, that pain can yeah. be for us. Yes. Taught me how, taught me to empty my will completely and totally yeah. lean on God's will. Yeah. Right. So, it, yeah, it teaches us our helplessness, right? It teaches right. us how, because we lose sight of how dependent we are on God. It's easy to think, oh, it's because of my cleverness or it's because of my diligence or some attribute like that. But boy, when pain comes along, you really realize your vulnerability and it is all about trust falling into the arms of God for sure. So does God feel pain? I guess we kind of touched on that a little bit. Um what are you guys' thoughts? Any, did you have anything that you haven't shared yet on does God feel pain? Well, I was thinking about when, when we were created, the scripture says, let us make God in our image, that God is a relational being and he made us that same way. And so when we feel pain, we have really been invited into a sacred space where we understand better the pain God feels. So if I'm feeling pain because of betrayal, he gets mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And I just, I looked at so many scriptures, but there's, um, of course, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you, that he yeah. cares when I'm hurting. He mm -hmm. takes on that pain. And in Psalm 56, 8, it says, you number my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? I mean, mm -hmm. what a beautiful image of God numbering my tears, you know, preserving those because it's precious to him. When, mm -hmm. when I hurt, he feels that with me. Mm -hmm. And um, one more, but in Hosea 2, 
he's talking there about Israel and how she has just, you know, gone off after other gods. Okay. And he says, um, she decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers, but me, she forgot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just hear the sorrow that he yeah. was forgotten. And then he could, but he goes on to say, therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I'll give her vineyards. And he goes on and ends that section with that. She will call me my husband and Mm. no longer my master. So he's wanting relationship with us. And he feels because of that relationship, he's not a distant God. He does care when we hurt. And he shows all the pain he feels when we go away. The beautiful passage in Luke 15 with the prodigal son. Who mm-hmm. doesn't see that father in pain? Yeah. Down the road waiting, right? Mm-hmm. And who doesn't feel his joy when he's able to receive that son? I mean, for him, he says to the older brother, your brother was dead. That was the grief he felt as though that boy was dead. Yeah. Yes. And one of our viewers, I can't remember what one of the first uh, replies that we had, had to do with relating to God, how it binds us with God and how it makes us a preventative. That's what it was. It was like a, I use it as motivation. I use it as motivation. I think it was. So how... When you see that pain in God's heart, you don't want to cause him any more pain in his heart because that prodigal father, that's God explaining how God feels. Mm -hmm. And we do not want to pain the heart of this father that we adore so much. So, yeah, it's great fuel for resisting temptation, which kind of ties in with last month's um, focus was on temptation. So really great thoughts Heather, especially with regard to using pain to build our intimacy with God. That was kind of my, what I got from a lot of your passages collectively, using it to just draw near to God. That's an ultimate purpose for using pain. What are your thoughts, Isla? I wanted to share this from a viewer because I think it goes along with what Heather said. Um, Megan McDonald said, due to pain, I've had to learn that my worth to God is not based on how much I can do. He simply seeks for me to keep my eyes on him and my heart for him, not to perform to a certain degree. And, you know, I I think of, of God, that's what he wants for us. He wants us to know how much that he loves us and he wants us to love him as well. I, I was thinking of uh, in the Old Testament before Jesus came to the earth, there was a very little personification for them to, for the people to see what God was, how God was hurt. It, uh-huh. The prophets told him and so forth. But when Jesus came and he wept over Jerusalem, they could see the pain that those that knew Jesus was God, they could see the pain that God had uh, in Jesus being part of God, the Mm -hmm. part of the Godhead, a member of the Godhead, the pain that God had in knowing that these people he had nurtured for thousands, years and years and years, you know, 
and they should have known his son when he sent him and instead they killed him and how sad that made God feel. And they, you know, we can see that on earth, the people can see that when Jesus wept for the, for Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Definitely. God is a God who feels emotion. And I think Heather pointed out, like when we're created in the image of God, that's part of it is the ability to feel pain, not just like an animal feels pain physically and et cetera, but yeah, that deep spiritual longing that the ability to love causes us to have. So a couple other verses to consider on um, can God feel pain? Uh, Psalm 78, 41 says, again and again, they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. So that source of God's pain is the same source that often pains us the most. When we um, love those who are, Again, choosing spiritual self-destruction. Um, and it is motivation to resist that kind of thing. Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So a lot of your comments, Isla, had to do with, look at everything God has done for us. How could we possibly um want to ever pain the heart of God after everything that he's done and I think about like when the scriptures talk about like I am the living water why are you drinking out of dirty cisterns and you know and I, I sometimes wonder if even the marriage relationship was created the way that God created it so that we could understand what he wants that kind of intimacy that he wants um, the kind of relationship that he wants. Did he create the parent-child relationship so that he could show us, look how much I love you. He doesn't say one way or the other, but I, the intimacy that we um, learn through these human relationships often have a parallel to what God is after, and that is our heart. He's after our heart for an intimate relationship and through the things that we suffer. So let's move on then to this question about what false comforts should believers refuse to use for relief during pain? Because boy, there's a lot of options out there that will ruin your life when you are in pain and we all will be in pain off and on from time to time. What are some false comforts? Heather, what were your ideas on that question? So I had a couple. Um, one, there was a book I used to read with the kids called Going on a Bear Hunt. Do you all know this book? No. And this family is going on a bear hunt and they come up against an obstacle and they'll say, you know, we can't go over it. We can't go under it. We can't go around it. We have to go through it. And I think it's hard to go through pain. And so yeah. to avoid that, we will either build walls. So I don't feel anything. I'm fine. Or we'll get really busy. There's just no time for the pain. Or, or we'll just deny there's any pain at all. Oh, that didn't hurt me. That wasn't a problem. I'm uh -huh. not upset. Uh -huh. But when we deny the pain, what we're really denying is God's comfort for us. So mm -hmm. the verse that mom brought up, that, that's my mom, Lori Woodall. Oh, okay. 
the audience. I like it. So the first mom brought up out of second Corinthians 11 about God being the God of mercies who comforts us. Why? So that we can then comfort others. Mm, beautiful. But our well to draw from to comfort others is going to empty quickly. If I never admit I myself need comfort, mm. I'm always fine or always busy mm-hmm. or I don't feel anything then I'm mm-hmm. denying this relationship mm-hmm. that God's inviting me in. And maybe mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I don't trust you, God, to be my bomb. I don't trust you, God, to, to let this womb be open and you be the bomb to keep it from getting infected. Right. So when right. we can sit in that pain and let it do the things the ladies, you know, have been commenting tonight, be mm-hmm. a motivating tool, you know, let that pain be a teacher, a purification. We really are cutting off relationship with God. So mm-hmm. I think all those false comforts, that's what came to my mind, mostly because that's what I do. <laughs> that's yeah. what came up. I've really had to learn to sit in pain because yeah. it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. So yeah. Well, yeah. And, and we have a comment too. One of our viewers says, uh, Sandy, Pat Bryant, as wives and mothers, we learn this behavior. And that's so true because, yeah. you know, however badly you're feeling, Heather, you're the one that's got to take care of all the children and all, you know, you're, you know, and all, because, you know, we just have to tough up and do that. Um, and it's the same with emotional pain. If there's some upheaval that uh, distresses the entire family, they're looking to you. What are we going to do? They're looking to your husband. How you know? So parents can't just say, "Well, I'm in pain. I'm just going to, you know, fall apart now." You can't do yeah. that. You know. So yeah, yeah. And it takes a lot of discretion, doesn't it, to decide what times of my pain are healthy for my children to observe me not building up the wall to observe me willing to feel deep negative emotion and there's other categories where your young children it's not wise to have them bear things beyond their development and you do have to put on your game face when the situation is too dark and disturbing for them to know about. Mm-hmm. And you're, and so, yeah, you got to cook dinner and manage like this thing that just blew up. And so, yeah. And you have to be emotionally available to your children and your husband while you are doing adult world, you know, level 10 on difficult, difficult, hard things that come, come into our lives. So, Yeah. God gives us us all these tools, right? Like people who will sit with us in the pain. Those people are precious to me. The ones who won't just say, oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, your faith is so strong. That's why you're going through this pain. But the people who will just sit with me and say, this is hard. Because if I don't say that, then how can I possibly glorify him when Mm -hmm. he gets me through it? If nothing's ever a big deal, 
yeah. well, where's the miracle at the end of that? Mm -hmm. and, and we have a good question uh, from Megan McDonald. How can you tell when you are not sitting in pain in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I thought about was false comforts is mm -hmm. um, isolationism. Yes. Just to pull ourselves away. Uh, we see it in animals a lot. If they're in pain, they go hide up under the house. I mean, and you're just like, come out, I can help you. And yeah. that's what we often do, so often the person who is sick, the person who is injured goes away somewhere and you have to go find them. Uh, yeah. And that's, to me, that's what, like that sitting in pain is not in a healthy way. If you isolate yourself, Heather said, build up walls. If you, you know, go in and hi, I'm fine. I don't need any help. You just mm -hmm. don't worry about yourself. I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. And when we when we do that, we cut off the the method that God has given us, or at least one of the methods to comfort us. That is our family, the family of God, our mm -hmm. uh, on you know our biological family, our friends. Yeah. You know, we cut off that. It's like we're saying God. I don't want your help. And, and we don't think of it that way, but we need to adjust our thinking sometimes. But how would you answer that question, uh, Heather? How can you tell when we're sitting in, not sitting in pain in a healthy way? Well, I mean, your comments were great. Isla. I think when we're off by ourselves and we're not allowing others to comfort us. I mean, that is part of the point of the second Corinthians one passage, right? That we, we endure these things so we can comfort others. Well, if you're not allowing others to comfort you, that's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. right? um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think I'm about crying that? Out. <laughs> you guys, I have, I have a weird sun coming in. So if you're wondering like what's going on on Cindy's video. So, so <laughs> don't let it distract you. But <laughs> Megan, one thing I wanted to maybe throw out there to consider is depending on the heaviness of the burden, crying it out is a really good sign <laughs> that you are telling yourself the truth about how much this hurts. Crying it out in a, you know, I mean, I've been on the floor crying it out sometimes like that bad. Um, journaling it out, you know, like what, break it down. Why is it painful? You know, what can you change here? What can you live with? That would be, that would be a way of sitting in it. But I want to throw out one concept here. I think there's a healthiness not to distract from anything point that we've made so far. Yes. Sitting it, acknowledging it, tell yourself the truth about the pain. That's what it's about. Tell yourself the truth. But some Resist the temptation to nest in your pain for the rest of your life as your identity. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that some people, it's like all they do is pain. They don't uh, learn what they can. Um, and so I think you can become a part of like a victim mentality thing where you get so focused on your pain that it's like the primary part of you that you identify with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of yeah. like not a nesting. You sit in it for a while to be honest and feel it kind of to me, David, when he loses that child um, as a result of his adultery, he's a really good example of like not eating, crying it out, all of that. And then 
and there's no time limit on that. But uh, he gets to the point where he tells himself the truth on the child will not come to me. I will go to him. So he tells. And so he doesn't for the rest of his life. It isn't all about that child that mm-hmm. he lost, like the moment of his sufferings. Mm-hmm. When you read the Psalms, you see both the sufferings, a lot of Psalms on the pain and suffering and a lot of Psalms on the praise of God and all the rescues that God has um, given to David his whole life. I Other Jesus too. He, he's called the man of sorrows, right? And acquainted with grief. Yes. But he dealt with that in healthy ways. He took people mm-hmm. along to pray with him. He spent time alone with God in prayer. And mm-hmm. it also says in Hebrews that, um, Oh, how does it say it in Hebrews 12 about he endured the cross for the joy that was beyond mm-hmm. it? I'm not, I'm butchering it. Yeah. It's the joy that before him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that idea that he had, you just know, when you looked at him, you saw the light of heaven on his face, yeah. even though he was someone who knew sorrow, mm-hmm. was acquainted with grief. He mm-hmm. had this heavenward focus. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, to Megan's question, that's a healthy way to deal with pain. And it's what, what we've been saying about letting it teach you to have this bigger focus. Um, so I think he's such a, I mean, of course, he's the best example for everything we ever talk about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. So we are going to resist. Um addictive chemicals for pain relief. You know, if you have physical pain, ask your daughter, ask your doctor, what is, you know, what is the least addictive thing that you can give me that will meet the need here? You know what I mean? So it's, it's, if it's a physical pain, then not making one problem lead to another. So we're going to not go to alcohol for relief during pain. We're not going to go to spending for emotional pain, Um, obsessively pursuing shallow, time-wasting entertainment that, you know, distracts our head all the time or video games, that kind of thing. Some people get addicted to sugar or, or other foods as a way of trying to soothe themselves through emotional pain. Um, pornography, shifting blame, I think we've talked about. And even suicide is the ultimate, um, the ultimate poor choice of how to try to relieve your pain. And so in about two weeks, we're actually going to do a program on suicide prevention. And we have some guests that are going to come in join us for that conversation. And so those are all things. Any other false comforts, Isla, that you wanted to bring out or? You know, I I thought about um, spending money, going shopping uh, and or or traveling or, you know, things like that, something that distracts you. Uh, Because to me, they're false comfort because if they cost money, that can lead to more problems. You're not helping you're helping momentarily but you're not helping for the long run uh and so we really have to be careful of that uh that we are not as you say using these short-term 
give us a little relief, a little relief, and we're just chasing that relief instead of mm. solving the problem or at least addressing the problem and uh, talking with God about the problem uh, or the pain. And, uh, you know, we just have to, it just has to be dealt with. I, I think of an expression for me is to lean in instead of going away from pain. It's it's lean into it. And uh, we were going to talk about, I think, I don't know, you're going to talk more about uh, God-given comforts. I can wait and, yes. and do it then. Yeah. Yeah. But, let's uh, jump into that. Go ahead and start us off, Isla. Yeah. What were your thoughts on what are some God-given comforts that he provides I, us in our pain? I think he gives us, God gives us minds that can only take a strong emotion for a little while. We yes. can't stay thrilled for very long. After a little right. bit, we itch or we feel, you know, and we're hot or we're cold. And, and we get back to, it's like uh, whatever that thrill is, we get back to real life. It's the same with, with pain, with sorrow. Yeah. And I think of emotional pain, not physical pain, but that, you know, and when I feel it, just something has happened that just has just wrecked my, you know, my brain, myself, is, is with God. You know, I just I just say I waller in it. I just feel it and I think about it and how this happened and that happened. And I just feel it and I I just wallow in it. After a while, it's like, well, this is getting boring. I, I need to go. I think I've got, you know, I really want to take a shower. I, I think, you know, I think I'd like to go to. And in my in your mind, because you can't take that sorrow. But for a little while, that wow. to me is a that God has given us, we just can't stick with it. You got to work yeah. at it. Stay in a miserable, sad state. You have to work at it to stay that way all the time. It's like a storm, isn't it? It's a storm. Your pain. Excellent point, Isla. Super good. Super good point. How it's like a, it's almost like a storm that's going to come by, right? It'll pass. It will come to pass. And you yeah. won't always feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go ahead and say before the suicide thing, because there's maybe people here that are hopeless right now listening to this. Okay. You're not always going to feel this way. That's what Isla just said. You are not always going to feel this way. Do not do this thing when you're at your most hopeless point. Wait it out. Surf it out. It's not, you're going to feel better eventually. And you're going to be really glad that you did not do what you were considering doing if you're thinking of taking your life. But Heather, did you have some ideas for us on God giving comforts that we can take advantage of when we're in pain? So actually your comment goes perfectly when you're talking about the storm, because one of my main thoughts was nature, whether it's a physical pain an emotional or spiritual pain, being in nature has all kinds of benefits for your health, your, your mind, your spirit. So I was looking for passages that talked about that specifically. Hmm. And what I came up with was, one, we start in the Garden of Eden, where we're in perfect harmony with God and nature. And it's that garden imagery that God picks up in the temple, you know, in the weavings 
It's flowering vines in the temple. He picks it up and tabernacle the temple. And then at the end of the scriptures in Revelation, and John's talking about this city, right? What does it look like? But a big garden. There's a river that flows through it, this tree that gives its fruit in every season. So I think when we're in God's creation, it speaks to a different need or maybe Mm -hmm. differently to a need than when we're in his word. So when we're in creation, we see, like you said, Cindy, the storms don't always last. The seasons don't always last, right? Nature teaches us that. Nature teaches us not everything blooms in every season. You may be in a season of pain where you're not producing right now. That's okay. Nothing blooms in every season. Nature teaches us that. Um, I thought about in Proverbs 30, there's that great set of numerical Proverbs. And one of them is, there are three things too wonderful for me. The way of a serpent on a rock. An eagle yeah. in the air, a ship on the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. And I thought uh-huh. that being in nature gives you that sense of wonder, right? Who hasn't watched wildlife and just been amazed by that? So I think nature is such a gift. Um, in Psalms 19.1, it talks about the heavens declaring his glory and the firmament showing his handiwork. So once again, God's inviting us into this space where we see a part of him, his creativity, sometimes his humor, right? When you look at certain yeah. animals, you're like, oh, you had to have a sense of humor on that one. Yeah. His majesty. You know, I stood at Niagara Falls in awe. All I could think of was that where it talks in Revelation about his sound, the sound of his voice was like many waters. Right? Yes. It's focusing to be out in nature. It can, it can help you forget whatever that pain was for a little bit of time. So I just think nature is a huge comfort, whether it's physically, you need the vitamin D, right? For your body, you need the fresh air for your body, whether it's emotional, it it just helps across the board. Not to mention the movement it takes to get into nature. And while you're in nature, I mean, that physical movement, there's bi- biology that happens in your brain, you know, endorphins and dopamine that happens when you're getting your heart rate. I mean, it can be very much a stress, a stress reducer. It's not, you're going to need more than that, but yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful nature. You had mentioned um, journaling um, yes. previously, and that's a, a wonderful way to, to write knowing that God is looking over your shoulder at what you're writing. And Mm -hmm. of course, remembering that sometime in the future, somebody might read this and gain some insight to gain something. Um, And also writing purposely for other people. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had Cherry Cherry Armstrong on our program who wrote On My Knees, Bible in Hand. Uh, as a caregiver, uh, she wrote a great book about taking care of her husband. And then uh, Joyce Jamerson, uh, after the loss of, of their daughter, Will You Wipe My Tears was a, a good one. And uh, one other, and then I'll hush. And uh, <laughs> book salesman, I don't mean to be, I just mean these are books that our sisters have written yeah. that can really help us. Lucy Partain wrote 
uh, Be Still My Soul. And uh, our ladies class studied it during uh, one of our first Zoom uh, classes during the pandemic because it's really it's hope and encouragement in the face of suffering and trials and and really good things. I'm sure that not only was is it good for us uh, as readers, but it was so good for them to to express their thoughts uh, and to through writing to work through that pain that they were feeling and the the suffering uh, that they had and feeling like they were using what they experienced for the good of others. When we can look outward from our pain instead of looking inward, that helps us to re that helps to relieve that pain. Wow, Isla. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you also, Heather. I guess I'll just, before we conclude here and wind it down, you can use your pain to learn to bond with your sisters in Christ by going to God together and pouring out your hearts together before his throne. Um, daily taking in the manna of his word, you know, meditating on his word, especially the Psalms are so, so good. So many of them are such a balm, as Heather was pointing out too your pain um looking for the good we talked about that find what might god be up to in this painful thing what might god be wanting the outcome to be as a result of this pain how can i use it um solitude now we talked about not isolating yourself so let's give a little balance there so yes do not isolate yourself pray with your friends pour your heart out to your friends and one of our viewers made a really good point about like, hey, now be careful with that. Be discreet. Who are you going to share this with? You know, you do not need to tell 12 people. Like find that person who you know is knows the scriptures and they'll tell you what you need to hear. Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you really don't need a pat on the head. Sometimes you need like compassion. And at the same time, here's, here's something that I think you can do around that pain that'll be challenging so i really really appreciated that comment about like use some discretion just like you're not going to tell your kids every single thing that happens in adult world yeah use some discretion productive activity isla so glad you hung you held up those books i would not have thought about that one thing that i get a lot of mileage out out of before we um leave here is accepting what I cannot change. Mm -hmm. To me, that is think on things that are true. So if there's, I want to change the things I can as the you know expression goes, but to acknowledge when the thing that I am grieving over, if there's absolutely nothing that I can do to change it, I need to not let it take the fruit of the spirit of joy from me. So resisting, resisting that and just accepting what you cannot change. And yeah, I think I feel really good about uh, our conversation tonight. And I, I love you guys' comments. I think will be so, so useful for our viewers. And so I'll just conclude with this statement. For the believer, the pain that you're, you experience in this life will be as painful as your existence ever gets. Like it doesn't get any more painful than this after this life. For unbelievers, the pleasures of this life are as pleasurable as their existence ever gets. So just wanted to bring that up as far as like 
fix your eyes on Jesus. And when you do that, you remember how God has rescued us from an eternity of pain. And as if that were not enough, God has rescued us time and time again. Like when you think about it, you guys, how many times has God's mercy come into your life and rescued you from some kind of painful experience in some way or another? Sometimes he makes it go away. Other times he gives you a mindset where you can coexist with it. There's a, all kinds of ways that God can mercifully rescue you from from your pain. So I would just encourage our ladies that are watching tonight, when you lay your head down to sleep tonight, visualize laying down in prayer at the Lord's feet, everything that hurts, both big and small. And because he says, cast your cares before me, you know, cast your cares before the Lord. He cares for you. Thank him from the bottom of your heart for all his countless rescues throughout your life because there have been a lot, a lot of them. And so we need to just remember to trust him to rescue us in one way or another from the pain that we're experiencing in this life, even if it's just a perspective shift. That's a one way of, of being rescued. That's what I have for tonight, ladies. Again, thank you for amazing, amazing content. You guys always bring more than I'm expecting. Uh, well, <laughs> Heather does a wonderful job. We are so proud to have you with us, Heather. And uh, everyone is blessed that hears you teach. And, and it's just a, a pleasure to have you working with us. Um, well, I'm so thankful for the questions that you had laid out because this is a big topic and it was really helpful. Well, and we had really good comments from our viewers tonight and we appreciate that so much because we want to answer your questions and uh, we want to be of service to you as you're trying to follow God's word and, and go through this life as a Christian. So keep them coming. We appreciate it very much. Next week, we're going to have Tony Carlisle and Leah Farquhar with us, and we're going to talk about the pain of regret. When you look back on your life, do you have regrets? Uh, you're the unusual person if you don't. We're going to talk about that next week, about how looking back on your life can really bring a lot of pain, or it can. how can we maybe work with that pain uh, what does God say about that? And so that's what we're going to talk about next week. Uh, so we look forward to having all of our viewers with us then. In the meantime, on Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock Eastern, please be sure to watch Answering Religious Error. And on Wednesdays at noon, there's a question and answer program as well for you to watch uh, that is sponsored by Answering Religious Error. Um, Mark is starting his program, a daily program soon. Is that right, Cindy? Yes, yes, he is. In fact, tonight, I think he was going to start pre-recording some of those podcasts that are coming up. So yeah, it's a great opportunity. And he's very, very thankful to have the opportunity for five days a week. He's just going to have encouraging messages that are available to listen just on podcasts too. Uh, on answering religious error. So all kinds of topics that are very, very practical. That's kind of his specialty is you'll be able to use everything he talks about. It's all very practical. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, viewers, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Heather, always a pleasure to be with you. And Cindy, we'll see you next time.